This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 198, recorded on January 8th, 2015. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all your favorite tech gadgets that finally home news, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios, and it wouldn't be a home tech podcast without Sarah laughing behind me. Uh, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in Bellevue, Nebraska, and we post the show. If you go back and listen really careful on the audio, you will hear her laugh for sure out at the AverageGuy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, of course, you can always contact the show. Send me an email, Jim at the AverageGuy.tv. You can track me down on Twitter at Jay Collison. And now you can call those in, and actually Neil has been uh, really good at calling in a lot of questions. Neil and I have been kind of going back and forth, both via email and on those lines. You can call those numbers in, uh, call those questions in, 402-478-8450, and I'm actually going to play one of those a little bit later, I hope. Uh, yet he's got uh, a question around licensing and MSDN, so I wanted to play that a little bit later tonight. And, of course, uh, Home Gadget Geeks is now a part of the Geeks Network. You can find the links to this show and many other great podcasts out at thegeeksnetwork.com, all one word. You can join us in chat, watch or listen live on YouTube, Spreaker, now on Mixler as well, and find all the navigation over at the Average Guy. TV. All right, it wouldn't be the beginning of the year if we uh, we didn't invite Chris Barnes back to come on. It seems like I've had him on maybe once a year for the last couple of years. And, uh, and of course, Chris, it's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Great to have you back. Yeah, thanks. It's always good to be here. We looked it up, and it was last year, January 30th, I was on. And it is currently the 8th, so it's nearly exactly a year. So well, anyway, think- thanks for bringing me back on. You bet. I think in my in my cycle, as I'm scheduling people, you know, I get to the beginning of the year and I'm just like, oh, I got to have Chris back on. It does come at a good time uh, uh, because I think with CES, we'll talk about that here in a few yeah. minutes. But it's always good to have you on and, and talk about that as well. And then, of course, uh, my old uh, Windows home server uh, podcasting friend and, and uh, all things, everything. And it's John Zadler. John, how are you? Wow. What an introduction. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> Yeah, glad to be on there. Thanks for giving getting me in close to the end of the year and now the beginning of the year. Yeah, no, we had John last week as we talked about uh, 2015 stuff coming up. And actually, last year I tried to get you on with Chris together, and for I, we had some kind of scheduling snafu, and I think you had to back out at the last minute. We brought Tony Rayner in, and uh, and and the two of us did that. But I always like to get the two of you together on here, and so appreciate that. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Of course, Chris is behind all things over uh, on the on the digital media zone, but the his podcast is called the End user and and chris you guys are you guys are up to like 189 uh yeah we're getting close and i I should say um um josh pollard over at the dmz is kind of the uh, leader of the pack over there but yeah the 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 end user is one of the uh three podcasts on that network along with home on and uh entertainment 2.0 yeah, and, and how? Are but yeah, we're getting close to 200. I'm excited. Yeah, uh, us too. We're not too far behind, or too far ahead of you at this point. We're we're we'll, we'll yeah. be there in a couple weeks. You're coming up uh, here in probably March or so, late February, early March. What's going on over there? What kind of stuff has you know? Podcasts always kind of evolve, you know, as they go along. True. You guys changing, staying the same. What have you been covering? That kind of stuff. Yeah, well, it's really madness for us uh, this week because CES is upon us. 
Uh, and that's always very exciting. So we had about a, a double-length show uh, this week on just everything that's happening at CES. Um, we, we try to filter out, we've adopted a, a kind of methodology where we try to filter out uh, rumors and stuff that you're never going to see. And at CES time in particular, you're never really sure if you're actually going to see the product get released to market. So um, on the end user in general, we, we try to talk about stuff that is actually happening or is announced by a reputable company like Apple, right? You know, if Apple says something com is coming out, it's probably going to come out. Uh, so we, we, try to, uh, we try to stay on top of the news in, in that way so that we don't uh, lead people astray who are asking, you know, well, what, whatever happened to this? So we, we try to develop this kind of strong filter against uh, just kind of pointless rumors and uh, gadgets that won't come out. You kind of have that rule on your show as well, right? I mean, that yeah. not just with CES, but 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 um, you guys don't really like to talk rumors. It's kind of, unless it's really happening or you have a really strong feeling that's going to happen, you don't really cover it, right? Yeah, that's kind of the idea. And, and particularly the, the real, like, you know, TMZ kind of rumors <laughs> in the tech industry, you know, it, they pop up in the tech industry because, you know, we're all humans and we like gossip, right? But we, we just try to ignore that kind of thing as much as we possibly can. Yeah, how do you do that? I mean, what do you, as you guys think about this, is it just like a decision, a game time decision? Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. Usually what we do is we compile the show notes for the podcast up front and then we get together and we say, oh, no, that's too rumory. That that thing's never going to come out. That's ridiculous. And we kind of uh, trim the fat away from, from the show notes, and then we talk about what's left. And then th there's also another category that we call the afterburners, where um, it's basically the news is there's a new Android phone, and it has these specs. So <laughs> um, when something like something of that class of news comes out, we put it in the afterburners, and that's basically all we say about it, you know. But we, we try to talk about in, in our other two sections of the podcast, we try to talk about stuff that has import in the industry in some way, has some kind of implication um, that, that's a little larger than, look, there's a new uh, Android phone over there. Yeah, well, you can, it's just like in the old Windows days, you can talk about that stuff forever oh, yeah. ad nauseum if you want to, but but of course... Home automation is a big deal, and, and I assume that finds its way into your podcast as well. It does. Um, more and more, you know, uh, the DMZ has a, a home automation-specific podcast, so a lot of times we'll kind of leave it up to them. But um, more and more, it's coming into the mainstream. People are starting to be aware of it in a way that just wasn't there in even the last year or two. And I think CES is home automation's uh, coming out party, so... I'm kind of excited about that because it's, it's a whole genre of devices that a lot of people haven't heard of yet, and it's a whole genre of devices that personally I find quite exciting. And I, I think, you know, I think this it's possible that that could be the next kind of smartphone category that we're going to see. But you know, who knows? We're trying to we're trying to predict the future, and that never works out. So uh, I thought the big uh, thing over at CES was uh, 3D TVs. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the big yeah. thing on TVs this year is Quantum Dot, which is a new kind of backlighting technology for uh, LED backlit LCD TVs, and it's supposed to be the uh, new hotness in TVs. It's supposed to give you much better black levels on the TV. And I, we talked on the end user with Josh, and he said that 
you may be prepared to be a little disappointed by the quantum dot. Not, so, not I don't know. I've not I haven't actually seen up. one. Okay. Yeah, Dave uh, showed it at Showstoppers, I think, uh, where he was right. at. I think that's where he was. He was showing some of the TVs that were there. I don't get too excited about that part, although there was a kind of a, I forget the size of it, 30-some uh, curved monitor, a yes. 4K monitor that was uh, looked pretty sweet. And price point, like, I don't know, $599, $699, something that's nothing that ridiculous uh, for for what you're getting. I also saw a uh, HP monitor that was a 21 by 9, and I think it was curved, if I rem am remembering. I'm not sure about that one, but big 21 by, you know, forget the two monitors. You can just have this gigantic 21 by 9, uh, you know, cinema um, mm -hmm. ratio kind of monitor. So that seemed kind of cool, but I don't know. I like my two monitors. I well, I kind of do it anyways, right? I've got them on a stand, and they're just in a V configuration as opposed to... Right, yeah, that's to, what I do too. ...as opposed to curved. So it, this is the first year I've looked at curved and kind of went, huh, that kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, before I'm like, eh, I don't know, it's kind of gadgety, gimmicky, you know, especially on the big, gigantic TVs, you know, you're kind of like, I don't know if that makes sense on the on the big TVs. But on the desk... On the desktop, all of a sudden, it's kind of like, well, hey, maybe this is maybe this is real. So what you got to get is this was last year at CES. I'm not sure if this ever saw the consumer market, so we probably didn't p talk about it on the end user. Maybe we did because it was wacky enough. <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> I forget who was making it, but it was a curved TV. It was like a hundred inches or something ridiculous, right? And you you could push a button on the remote, and it would mechanically uncurve itself. Interesting. So you could convert between the two depending on exactly what yeah. kind of. And so was that you know, media was that kind of using. a flexible screen technology that would yes. allow for that? Okay. Yeah, yeah and, and some kind of uh, mechanical pole thing that would uh, yeah. pull in the wings, as it were. It's when you're going faster. You know, you need to pull those wings. Some of those cars where you know you see the. The, the wing in the back there just goes up because the guy's going quicker. It's like, oh, yeah, that's really that really helps, you know, in the aerodynamics. You know? Yeah. John, Save have you seen 20 cents on gas? John, have you seen anything? Have you followed <laughs> uh, Have you followed CES coverage, John? And have you seen anything interesting uh, from your side? No, no, not really. I've uh, no, I haven't really been following CES. I've been I'm looking forward to see what uh, new, you know, what new hardware uh, these guys are going to come out with for uh, since like, because you know, Windows 10 is supposed to, or the rumor is, or you know, like you get the Windows 8.1 with Bing, you know, it's free, and a lot of the Microsoft that might be where they're kind of going. So uh, I want to see a bunch of Windows 8 or or some maybe new a uh, phone, you know, a new type of phone there for uh, for Microsoft and stuff like that. Yeah, John, but, we saw. We saw the uh, Intel Compute Stick, was, which was kind of a demo technology that they're going to release as a real product that's running uh, Windows 8.1 with Bing. And it's basically a stick that's, you know, slightly bigger than a USB stick, maybe something okay. like this big. And it's running Windows 8.1. You just plug it into the back of your uh, HDMI somewhere, and that's a full uh, Windows 8.1 computer in a stick. Wow. 
So it's got all the memory and I guess hard, some hard, well, not hard drive. We shouldn't say hard drive. We say this space. Even this space is about storage. It. Storage, storage space. space. Yeah. Non-volatile memory. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Yeah, I think I think this is going to be an interesting year for Windows and and for for what comes out with it. And I, you know, I think this is going to be it'll be maybe the summer of Windows as we as we think about all the Windows 10 stuff that's coming and yeah. what they're going to do with that. And there'll be a big ramp up in the spring as we're going to see the consumer preview that comes out in a couple weeks, I think. Um, for for uh, ten, and those guys are working hard. Except during Christmas time, they take that time off there at Microsoft, and everybody they kind of have a mass exodus out of the campus. But it's there are some really really interesting things coming with it, and and I think some exciting things, including some rumors of some uh, Windows Phone ten and some some other things yeah. coming along those lines. So I think it's. That's I hope they exciting. grab a little bit more of that market because from what I've heard, there's like the Android phones, like Android is good on phones, but as far as tablets, like people haven't like grabbed it and say, okay, that's the go-to place. And before Microsoft, you know, messes things up, hopefully they, uh, you know, all their, like I say, ducks line up there and, and they get that OS and then people like it and then get it on some tablets and make it fancy because, you know, yeah, it's mobile is the way everybody wants to go. and. You know, just like before, you know, you sat. In, we did. We sat in front of our PCs when we wanted to go to email, and now forget it. So it's like it's got to be mobile. So give us something nice, or or even whatever. So figure out something for the wrist, or something besides a phone, or whatever. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, Microsoft let, is kind of doing with their, uh, with, their with, with the like, band, uh, right? With the yeah, with the, the band. band yeah. Let me segue a little bit with that, Chris. Let me ask you: Have you gotten excited at all about the wearables movement? And I mean, there's. There's some serious wearables now. Yeah, are, are it, you look it is just so nascent right now. It's hard to even um, it's hard to even express. You know, smartwatches right now, I like to say, are in the Palm Pilot era compared to the smartphone era, right? So, um, the the best one that I've seen currently, I think, is still the Moto 360. That's been my kind of. Uh, it's been the most impressive one that I've seen, but I've still yet to see a, a smartwatch that has the characteristics that most people would need to buy one for $300. We need to see that drop, and we need to see uh, a few more features that make sense for a lot of people. They've kind of found this niche of uh, fitness tracking devices. There was um, there was a cool watch, the um, the Activite from Y Things. Remember they made that that uh, connect, Wi-Fi connected scale as well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. they kind of bridge the gap in a nice way where it's a real watch. It's just a mechanical watch. Like it has arms and everything. And it just has the fitness tracker technology built into it. And so I feel like that's kind of a nice shim for the moment. But uh, until we get that price down and we get that battery life up, I just feel like most normal people aren't going to go for it. And I, the technology enthusiasts like us, we're going to go for it. I'm going to get one, right? I had a Palm Pilot too, but I feel like for it to really get out into the mass market, they they've got some work to do. But these are the absolute nascent days of the smartwatch market, and and uh, frankly, I'm surprised Apple is in that market. Uh, they're usually not in on the ground level; they wait for things to mature. But uh, they've got a watch. Rumors it's coming out in March, so we'll we'll see what they uh, what that product actually looks like uh, around then. And uh, it, it's a very exciting time for smartwatches as we see companies kind of struggle around and scrounge around for what these things are actually supposed to do and what they're supposed to look like and um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see one with wireless charging. We haven't seen that yet, um, to my knowledge. And there's just, it's the Wild West right now. And, and over time, the industry will kind of mature, but we're not quite there yet.
Yeah, I mean, I agree, I, especially stuff like, uh, you know, like what, what Microsoft is doing, like, you know, they have their watch, but yeah. it, uh, how many hours is it? Four hours or six hours? And, you know, they have the, you know, just for a sleep mode to kind of check what's going on when you're sleeping. But, you know, that's when I'm charging my device. So I can't, you know, wear it because I'm charging it, you know. So some stuff, it's like, oh, you know, we can try do these different things because it's on your wrist, you know, it's checking your whatever, uh, your pulse and stuff. It's able to get some, some data out of it as opposed to your watch. Maybe, uh, I mean, your phone. Maybe your phone can count your steps and do some stuff like that. But can some phones can check your calories and stuff like that? There's no uh, way. Well, they way? they can. There's like, so Samsung has on the, on the Galaxy phones, they'll count steps and integrate in with, my fitness pal and a lot of those that this is kind of where the future is going is all these apps are integrating in with each other and right. uh, and they're all hooking together but uh, yeah you can get some of that on your phone john because yeah. that's i want to see like a good case you know like you know have have your your watch and I, you know and it, and it's great like one of my friends uh, just today we were discussing he uh, he actually has a um, he took like a, a wall thermostat, you know, a digital thermometer uh, thermostat. Yeah, works off a nine volt battery. But he built a little circuit that connects wirelessly to his heater in his house, to the in the basement, his uh, yeah, his uh, oil heater, and uh, it's, it's a dual energy and stuff like that. And what he does is he walks around this with this device. He brings it into his different rooms in his house. And he puts it there and it checks the temperature of the room and then it adjusts the temperature on the furnace. You'll either turn on the heat or lower the heat or whatever, depending where he is, you know. And at nighttime, let's say he's in his bedroom, after a certain time, it's like, okay, drop the temperature by two degrees wherever I am, you know. So it's kind of like following him around and adjusting the temperature. But that's, you know, in, in his, this box that he's carrying around. So, I mean, if that if, if that works for him and if people find that useful, then maybe something like that on the watch. It's like, okay, I'm I'm, you know, I'm going near the fridge now, you know, put my good snacks in the front or something, you know, <laughs> or, or turn the lights off in the other room because now I'm I'm in the I'm in here or or you know you come into the TV room and somehow you know your lights adjust you know again with this home automation and all that stuff like try to you know help me out you know and. That would be nice to see because, uh, you know, I guess there is some stuff with like the Xbox One, you know, but you're talking a $500 uh, device. You know, you can at least talk to your Xbox and tell it to do a few things. But here, hopefully for maybe $200, if you can get a nice uh, uh, watch that'll kind of like, you know, do things around the house for you. Uh, I, w I think that would be great. Yeah, I could definitely see a lot of interesting integration points between um, the watch, the phone and the home automation system. There's magic to be had between the three of these things. Yeah, I think there's a lot, and I mean, Chris, think about the the distance we've come with home automation just in the last oh, yeah. year. I mean, Long it's a, a year ago. I was like, uh, okay, this is still kind of jankety, and and not, you know, the average guy isn't gonna isn't gonna buy this. Where today, it's like, oh, hey, this all right. Some yeah. of this is getting <laughs> compelling. You know, when we think about wearables, I'm I'm intrigued by uh, Garmin's offering now, and Garmin's kind of not been known. You know, they're a, they've been doing watches for a long time in the running in the running side, but we're kind of latecomers to the wearable. If you think about, uh, you know, biometrics, uh, really is what this is when we when we track all the stuff in us, and they've released a new one in the Vivo Fit line, and uh, and actually. Last year's model, a little prompt when you when you're not moving around enough, it zit, 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 you know if you haven't moved in <laughs> nice. 15 or 20 minutes, yeah. you know it's kind of like, hey, and it won't stop bothering you. You can of course turn that off, but it won't stop bothering you until you get up and actually start you know moving around a little bit, which is great. But the newest of the Vivo line uh, actually has a touchscreen, so the whole the whole piece around is touch sensitive, and it's 
it's um, uh, it's integrating in with your phone. So it's sending those alert notifications of email and some of those other things to them. You can swipe those away. So it's kind of like the, the, the best functions of the band because I really like what Microsoft is doing with their band. And I like that design. I like that concept of it being a band and not a watch. I'm not, even though I, even though I have a big round watch on mine, this is a running watch that I wear. Um, I like the band concept and you can just swipe that on the band. And so, there, that newest line from Garmin, and then the uh, uh, the uh, the website that they have, the Connect, they call it Connect, Garmin Connect, brings that in, and it integrates with my Fitness Pal and a whole bunch of other things. Which is one of the amazing things I'm seeing in these is is uh, my Fitness Pal now connects to 30 different devices, which makes you think, what? There's 30 devices out there, you know, <laughs> kind of deal. Uh, and so there's a lot of we're making a lot of progress on this. I think, you know, like anything, three will emerge as the winners here at some point, you know, two, with one being dominant and the other two struggling. Um, but uh, it's, I think it's great stuff. I think, you know, being able to monitor your heart rate on, an, on a 24-7 basis has amazing medical implications for, for people. I think being able to measure skin temperature and, and activity, I think it's just good stuff, you know, and so... We've been dreaming about it for a while, but I think we're getting closer and closer to it. So, do you have the you have the Moto 360 that you use, or is that just your favorite? As you no, see that's it? just my pick. I haven't really, uh, you know, I played with them at Best Buy or whatever. That's about it. But I haven't really jumped in yet. I haven't, I haven't seen the uh, use case for it. And then also, I don't even wear a watch anymore. So, I don't know if yeah if short of maybe the fitness thing is a little interesting, but for the kind of everyday usefulness of it i'm I'm just not seeing it quite yet john I, I, oh go ahead I, again i have i have like a um as a technology enthusiast like well i must have this right this is the, <laughs> this is the thing but i've i've so far i've restrained myself john are you wearing a watch at all do you wear a no, regular I'm watch not a jewelry kind of guy nothing yeah no 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 uh, necklace no stuff even you the know, wedding ring there when i was married there the wedding ring after it's like eh, you know it's <laughs> well, so, you know, and I, I didn't. Don't know, Chris, you're freshly married, right? You, you yes, that's right. Uh huh. Got used to that. Was that this year? Yes. Did you get well, married this year? Not 2015. 2014. 2014. I mean. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Not too long ago, uh, we were up in uh, Milwaukee. It was beautiful. Nice, nice. Well, congratulations. She into tech or not? Uh, a little bit. That's good. She's got a uh, uh, the the new Nexus Nine, so she's oh, pretty wow. up to date. Okay, she can handle a remote. Which that that may have been a Christmas present from somebody. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure done. how Santa works. N- nicely but. done. Well, you know, I'm not a watch guy either. Uh, I I went as soon as I got cell phones, man. I just ditched my watches, and I went for a lot of years. And last May, I was running a marathon, and I went. You know. I'd really like, I, I won't carry a phone, right? I won't do it on a phone because you can, right? You can, you can carry your phone. Sure. It'll measure everything. No, so I went, down, I went down to Target. They had them on sale. I picked them up. They're not cheap. These, these Garmin 220s, uh, I think I paid 250 for it. And it really is just a running, I mean, it, it just keeps track. It's GPS, and it does it really, really well. But I found ways to use it for other things when I'm working out. Now, I still don't get steps. I think steps may be a little overrated. Maybe they work for some people. If it did steps, I would measure them for sure. But 
I found ways to, and this watch Bluetooth connects with my phone, and so my runs and my workouts make their way over. And I, I think there'll be some firmware upgrades that make it better. But now that it's doing it, I'm kind of a watch guy again. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool to have a watch. <laughs> you know, it's not a smartwatch, and that's a lot of people think. You know, they're like, oh, did you get that new smartwatch? And no, it's actually just a runner. You know, it's a running watch. It's a GPS watch. So while I didn't, it, in ten years, I probably didn't um, wear a watch at all. I would go back to, if I found the right band, I might go to a band on my right, you know, on the right wrist just to start gathering some of those biometrics. So I may go from nothing to two, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is probably an overkill. Yeah, you have to get you have to get one with a uh, heart rate monitor. Not all of them do that quite yet. No, but they're more and more common, right? So the band yep. does that. The charge does that from Fitbit. Um, the, yeah, the HR the, does that. There's mm-hmm. um, two of those things. One of them, the one that's called HR, the Charge HR is the one. Right. Charge and Surge. I think the Surge does that as well. They're talking about that. Mike Howard was going to buy that. He had it all ordered, and then they were like, "Oh, it's still four to six weeks out from manufacturing." And he was like, "Are you kidding me?" You, you sent me an email that said it was ready. <laughs> and uh, so he, he, was a little, he was a little disgruntled. Fitbit has had some problems, some manufacturing yeah. problems. Well, you know, they, sure. they're, they're a startup company. They, I think they overcommitted themselves. They ran into some problems. They had, they had that recall, you remember. I'm sure yep. that wasn't good for them. That affected me. So I bought that I, watch, of course. I think it's just, uh, you know, a new company in a new category and – they ran into some troubles, that was all. So I, I'm looking forward to their um, this current generation of products. I feel like they'll have a few less problems. They've learned a lot. Well, they, I'd hope so. They still have some manufacturing issues as far as they were very, very late getting this. I mean, they yeah. could have dominated the market if they would have had those HR watches ready for the Christmas season. I, you mentioned it earlier. I think it's a mistake that Apple waited till March to, to release their watch. Um, I think they could have been up front, too. Everybody was ready for it, and then they're like, oh, we're just kidding. It's not going to be available till March. I think that was a mistake on their part. Everybody was looking for watches this this season, and the Apple Watch wasn't there. And, yeah, some people waited for it, but I think they could have just sold a gazillion of those. They would have sold as many as they made, right, if Apple would have put a watch out. See, but the, the typical Apple way of working is that they wait overly long until – the technology is really mature, you know, with the one exception, um, or I'm sure there's plenty of exceptions, but the, the one exception of, is uh, um, probably the iPod. And even the iPod, you know, there were MP3 players before that, yeah. but those were Palm Pilots, right? They, those were, th- that was just the nascent days I of River. that. Or, or, or yes, River, iRiver. Yes, iRiver. iRiver? No, there was iRiver. I had a Rio Diamond 500. A, uh, <laughs> Rio Diamond. <laughs> the 64 megabyte MP3 player. I, I had one before that that was 32. You know, these things. <laughs> you you could like, get like 10 songs on them. It was like an album or two, you know. Yeah, it's um, like, I, I can get all of Joshua Tree on this one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Apple usually waits until the market's kind of mature and then makes a, like, yeah. takes all the lessons that everybody who flailed at the market before and puts that into a product and makes something really way over-polished compared to their competition. So I, I'm actually almost surprised they came in as early as they did because I feel like it's still a little nascent. Oh, well, okay. So you're saying they're still early. I, I kind of think they're late uh, to the game on this. But you're right. I mean, you're right. They they do wait for the market to kind of, for a lot of things to happen, and then they kind of come in and take it. At least right. that's what they've done. 
I'm going to call this one. I don't I don't think this is going to go as far as they think it's going to go when they when they do this watch. I, I think it's I don't know. Maybe it's cuz it's too early in your opinion. Maybe it's still too early for them to to put something like this out. Well, it's not a very sexy looking watch either. Yeah. I, I haven't even looked at it way. to be honest with you. It's one of those things that's kind of like uh oh. Uh, you know, I don't know. If if I, I would go with the band, if I was going to go with anything at this point, I don't like the thickness of the band, and I'm going to kind of wait for the next version of it uh, before I take a good hard look at it. Chris, did you look at the band at all? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I lo- I've looked at the band. Uh, I haven't gone into, like, a Microsoft store and used it uh, at all. But, you know, I've kept up with the features and that kind of thing. And I I think it's interesting. You know, it is a little thicker than a lot of the a lot of the competitors, but... Um, I love that they're getting in on uh, Android and Windows Phone and integrate and iOS, and it's going to work with all of the platforms. I love that because if they had not done that, it just goes nowhere, yeah. right? I, I mean, the the fact that they're integrating with all three of the platforms, Windows Phone being one of them, um, is is huge. And I, you know, there's um, uh, I've seen maybe one other wearable device that even does Windows Phone at all. So they they came into the window, people who are Windows Phone users first. They come in and the Microsoft band is going to dominate that, right? Like there's no question. But it's very nice to see that they're supporting all the platforms. You know, that they, they're traditionally a software company. They write software and software can go cro- cross platform. And this is some hardware and some software that's doing that. So I I really am encouraged by that. I think if yeah. they keep that kind of attitude up, um, they will go far. They've they've done a nice job, and there's some great stuff for yeah. the Windows Phone that that makes it a great experience on the Windows Phone. It doesn't make it on Android. Doesn't make it any less on the iPhone or on uh, you know on Android. But uh, on Windows Phone, it's a they've got some interesting apps that are coming out with it. So pretty good. I wish it bent a little bit more. I, I am stuck yeah, it's on stiff, it's right? straight. And I, I just was like, oh, just bend that five degrees and I'm in uh, type deal. So I think the next version will come out will be yeah, maybe. a little more ergonomically. John, if uh, if somebody bought you a band, you, 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 said, you, you said you're not a you know a jewelry guy. Would, would you wear it if somebody gave it to you as a gift? And Or do you even care about that, all that biometric stuff? No, as f- no the biometric stuff I'm not really interested in. No. Okay. I would uh I would like it maybe more for like emails and you know uh, appointments and stuff like that. Like the regular kind of stuff and maybe like I said some home automation stuff. Uh and I'm not too old like to think like I one one thing I was thinking a good use for it is like sometimes you know how some older people, you know like in people in their whatever 70s or 80s, you know they have to take medication and you know it's like oh it's time for this pill, that pill or whatever. So if there was some kind of system that you can kind of download to it, you know and they, even like you know let's say you have a relative or a hospital or Whoever it is, you know, sends you information, say, okay, you know, you have to take this pill or whatever. Or if the person's sleeping and they're having a hard time sleeping, you know, this could alert somebody or whatever. Or, or you know, like, uh, you know, like firemen or whatever. You know, they, they, if it's the middle of the day and they seem to be lying down, well, the big alarm's going to go off. It's like the guy must get knocked off. So, you know, like if an old person would fall over and, and you know, lying uh, – horizontal at three in the afternoon well three in the afternoon who knows depends <laughs> when they take their naps you know but then you could say hey is this person sleeping or is this person uh, you know uh, just passed out or what so yeah i'm not well, there yet, heart so I need those yeah right i mean this is where the heart rate monitor becomes critical because if you know somebody's having a heart attack that there's some predictive indicators of that and imagine yeah. that alerting through the phone 
I mean, I think I just had a long conversation with my mom uh, last night about her medical health and I'd love to have some biometric tracking on her that I could kind of have her or doctor keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there's some great uses. We think of it from a geek standpoint, but John, you're right. I think our in our, our elderly population could, would actually benefit more from these devices than than we might. The other thing I would like to see is a cheap, almost like a cheap phone, like a GPS. Like may get something for maybe twenty dollars or forty dollars, a little GPS wristband or something for children. You know, like when you go off, go off to school and stuff like that. Okay, yeah, my kid's at school. You know, the kid's at the lounge, you know, in the yard, and he's not like running whatever down the street or something. You know, at the McDonald's. You know, so sometimes you'll maybe make some even just cheap, you know, low end cheap device, waterproof. You know, the kids in the pool or something like that. You know, kind of like what's going on or whatever. So yeah. They're not just a high end, all the bells and whistles. There could be just some some low end stuff. Yeah, I, I oh, go ahead, Chris. So I don't know for sure, but I can nearly guarantee you that if you look at the terms of service of all of the these health devices, they say this is not a medical device. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I'd agree. So I'd be careful looking towards consumer technology uh, companies for medical devices is. Uh, potentially disastrous, right? Yeah, but, you know, we have our local university, University of Nebraska at Omaha. I've been over there several times, and they have been messing around a lot with these kinds of uh, near field and, and these, sure. you know, these, these devices, uh, especially gyros, on patients to determine they can, they can actually put a device on you, and they'll determine, they'll watch walking patterns. And if your walking pattern goes awry, you know, it's different today than it was for the last... 20 days, and it looks like you're beginning to stumble, they can actually, because they want to prevent falls. You know, my when my dad fell and broke his hip a couple years back, that was the beginning of, of a, of a three-month process that, and that happens to a lot of, of older people. They break their hips first, or their hip, and that leads to complications, and we, and we lose them very, very quickly after that. And so they're trying to prevent these hip, you know, and so... I think there's some cool things there with it. I think I, what I hear you saying is we, we need to be careful about these consumer-grade offerings that are coming out, right, the, the bands yeah. and stuff, and, and applying them to medical, you know, to medical uh, situations. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's, um, a, there's a constant frustration, like, with these um, the um, blood sugar meters and the uh, insulin pumps and that kind of thing for diabetics. They're, like, you know, 15 years way old you know they they're now uh they've got wireless communication between the uh the device and the and the pump and you can uh you can actually <laughs> they're unencrypted and people people around you can mess with it if they oh, were oh, of the hackerly yeah. mind but these companies move slowly for a reason and it's because they're just very conservative the the healthcare um um technology companies so i was just saying Maybe slow down with the uh, quick-moving consumer technology companies. Yeah. I, I guarantee you, in their in their terms of service, they say, "Well, this is not mm-hmm. this is not a medical device." Otherwise, they'd be regulated yeah. um, by someone. Well, I'm not sure by who. That's a whole other part, right? That yeah, yeah. there's there's a, there's some regulation in that. I I'd still like to put a band on my mom, yes. and get some of that info. <laughs> you know, kind of deal. Say, mom, I need you to get. You know, I need you to do a step goal. Because she needs she needs to move around every day, 
and uh, and that would be good for her to kind of track that, and she I think she would respond well to it. So from that standpoint, for the same reasons we use it, I'd love to see her using it to move around right. and keep track of stuff. So yeah. Are you gonna, oh, so you know, the, Tony says FDA. If it's freezing rain outside, you know, the, the front door won't unlock, you know, because she gets to the front door. It's like, no, it won't unlock. <laughs> Whoa, there you go. There you go. We'll talk. We're going to talk a, a smidge about home automation, but that would be an interesting, you know, when we talk about smart wearables of, you're right, you know, hey, if it if it's dangerous outside or the temperatures are dangerous, especially think about like, a, like an, a, an Alzheimer's patient who shouldn't be leaving a particular area. And if there's dangerous conditions outside, it may lock down in there at home. It may lock the house so that they physically can't go outside. Wow. That's like a, I don't know if you could actually do that, <laughs> you know, if that's the right thing <laughs> yeah. to do or not. Right. I mean, Chris, I mean, is that the right thing to do to somebody? Well, yeah. You know? I, I mean, you're, you're looking at the uh, dystopian future side of it, you know, when these yeah. things, um, <laughs> these things uh, become sentient and lock us in our houses. And... I know. It's not good for you outside. Yeah. It's never good <laughs> for you outside. <laughs> I can't do that, Jim. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, interesting. Uh, yeah, they just in... need to be vetted more is all. You know, we, we... Time. Time, yeah, is time, time is the cure. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't disagree. So uh, Dave said at CES, tons of wearables. So a great conversation to be having right now around some of these these devices and yeah. and some things to kind of catch up that dovetails in um, with some some home automation stuff, Chris, that you've been doing. Let's just let's dive into that a little bit. Sure. Did you? I assume in the marriage, did you did you move, change locations? Are you in a new place? Are you setting up new home automation? Same old place? How did that work? Well, we didn't move too long ago, but that was not the uh, impetus. We got um, so we got a, a smart things like starter kit uh, for Christmas, and. Um, then after I got the starter kit, um, I just went off and bought a bunch of lamp modules cause I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I knew which, uh, components, once I had the hub, uh, I knew which components I wanted and what I wanted to kind of achieve. And I, I still don't know, you know, there's like infinite possibilities with this stuff. So I'm sure there's a lot of good ideas out there and I'm still kind of learning a lot about actually using, um, one of these home automation products. Because, uh, you know, I've been a watcher of this stuff for a long time since we're doing uh, the podcast a lot. You know, we're always kind of keeping an eye out on this on this kind of stuff. And I finally decided that um, we would jump on to the Smart Things bandwagon. Um, cool little note, they are a uh, Washington, D.C. startup company that uh, Samsung bought and they shipped them off to San Francisco for some reason. <laughs> So uh, just kind of a cool little note because mm -hmm. I'm I'm uh, am, am from Washington D.C. and mm -hmm. I'm broadcasting from Washington D.C. right now. So anyway, um, so what I did is I went out there and got uh, we got the hub, we got uh, a motion sensor, and we got uh, five lamp modules to turn the various uh, lamps in the apartment on and off. So you also have to keep in mind, you know, we're apartment living here in the city, so. A lot of this stuff has to be non-destructive. That's a huge um, thing that w we have to take into account. So um, I think the most we could possibly do is replace one of the switch panels. And even that, I'd have to talk to apartment management and, you know, say, oh, turn the power off and, you know, I don't know if we have to get someone else to do it or if I can do it. And, you know, I'd be comfortable doing it if it were my house, but 
<laughs> we're renting in the city, so it doesn't right. really make sense. Right, you have some limitations for sure. Right, so um, these lamp modules, and they make dimmer modules as well, but I just went with the on-off ones. Um, they're perfect because they plug into a plug, and they are a plug that you plug a lamp into, and then you can turn devices on and off. Um, so uh, we got uh, four of those in the living room and one in the bedroom, which is also the end user studios here. See, back there? Yep. Yep. That, oh. Yeah. Hold on. Let me let me focus on you. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Do it again. <laughs> Turn it off. There. It becomes this, like, amorphous blob of it white does. light on the camera. <laughs> if you're listening uh, later on the podcast, it, it becomes kind of ghastly back there. I could almost hide something in the, in the light back there. Yeah. But so I've just got my... Uh, uh, Android device in hand, and I can turn that on and off. And how, how much for each of those units? So I'd have to go look. I think it's fifty-five. And if you buy a bundle of five, which is what I did, there's some um, trifling discount of some sort, um, like maybe ten dollars off or something like that. Okay. So it's still quite expensive. Yeah, two hundred fifty bucks to to get in for that plus yeah. the. Plus the the starter kit, right? Plus the yeah the 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 hub by itself is a hundred bucks, and I'd have to go look at what the uh, starter kit. The starter kit came with a motion sensor, and a little presence like keychain, um, thing. And um, what's cool also is that they use the um, your smartphone as a presence sensor. So, for example, one of the things that I've set up with the system here is when I'm within about one block and it's after sunset, all the lights turn on. Hmm. So when I walk in the door, the lights are already on. And when I leave, I don't turn the lights out. It just knows that I'm gone, and it turns them off. Yeah, that's handy. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty good, nice. Yeah, it's a good way, unless you're, unless you're drive-by and you're in the neighborhood, but you're not planning <laughs> to stop <Yeah>. at home. <laughs> I was in the neighborhood, and the lights just came on. And uh, Now, what, what if someone's home... Uh, it, then I assume they're on, and they're not going to change based on your location at that point because because your wife's in the house. Right. Yeah. If any one person is home, um, they will not turn off. It overwrites the system, yeah. Right. Um, but if any if no one is home and any one person arrives and it's after sunset, they'll flip on. Have you had any problems with? You know, we get this in the workplace all the time. We've got all these smart sensors. I, you know, I work in a oh, smart yeah, they never building. Work. <laughs> they don't. Yeah, they don't. So it, does that? If you're, you know, if you're sitting quietly reading in another room or something for a while, and it thinks that you've left, have you had those kinds of problems? Oh yes, yes. Okay. I it took some learning to figure out um, exactly the kind of you know incantation you have to put into the app, right? Because um, it's it's still not. Um, it's still not as easy as I think it should be. And I, I think one of the reasons with smart things, at least, is they try to make it so easy to do really simple stuff. If you just throw that one last condition on what you want to do, it stops being quite as easy. So th they're almost... It's so simple, it makes some difficult things even more difficult. Right than they really should be. Right. So I, I ran into some of that. But, you know, there's kind of a learning period, and you kind of figure out, well, okay, I can do this after sunset, right? Not after four, because that changes. Sunset changes. You don't know when it's dark. And I don't have a light sensor quite yet. Would they sell those? But um, so, so there's this kind of learning period where you, you learn what the capabilities of the system that you have are, 
And, and I definitely went through that. There was definitely a time where I went off to the store and, um, my wife was still at home on the couch and all the lights went out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She was nice and quiet or nice and, uh, still. Cause and, yeah, I had then, programmed the system to on anyone's departure, turn the lights out. That's what I had done. Oh, and oh, oops. <laughs> computers are pretty faithful, and they will do what you tell them to, unfortunately. <laughs> exactly what you tell them to do. And then, right. So you, you left the area, and whoop. Yep. So when I was about uh, a block down on the way to the grocery store, all the lights went on. And, of course, you know, yelling. Well, she, <laughs> she, has, she has an Android device, too, so she just flipped on her phone and turned them all on. That's go. fine. <laughs> That's but there's to- a... Definitely some learning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and and that's the other thing is she she has a smartphone too. Uh, If she didn't have a smartphone, we'd have to figure out some other mechanism for presence. Yeah, that is uh, that's a dilemma a little bit. I mean, it is assuming you're you're connected via phone of some kind. Right. Or if you go up, if I go up to that light and I switch the pull string so the light's off, now I can't turn it on anymore. So you got to say we're banning pulling strings on lamps, right? No, no, no! Don't turn anything off. <laughs> don't do that. I need it on. <laughs> I need Messing it on. With my zen. <laughs> yeah. Did um, uh, and so with this, how how long have you been using the the the, the auto capabilities? I mean, how long have you been using these? When did you put them in? So it's basically since um shortly after Christmas. So oh. not all that long. It's okay. um what week and a half, two weeks. And so has she, how's the adoption been, the wife acceptance factor? Has it gotten better as it's gone along? Has it gotten worse? Because what always happens to me is I put it in, I love it, she hates it. She, <laughs> right. she figures it out, falls in love with it. By the time that happens, I'm already moved on to the next thing, and I don't want to support it anymore. So, <laughs> I, you know, I'm like, ah. And she's like, she dives in deep, and I'm, she's the perfect tester because she finds all these things wrong with it. And then I'm like, I don't really care anymore. So that's kind of what happens with us from, you know, from the, the technology adoption standpoint. Has that part gone well for the two of you as far as figuring out? And yeah, and, and she's stuff? pretty forgiving with my uh, technological experiments, as it were. Um, but with the home automation, you know, it took about a week to really figure out, you know, okay, I can't, I can't turn the lights out when any one person departs, right? That's the obvious example. Right. But, you know, it, it took that kind of first week to figure out exactly – um, when we want these events to trigger. Um, the other one is in this room with the light behind me that you saw or heard me switch hopefully a, a few moments ago. Uh, there's also a, a motion sensor up above the door. And when I walk into the room after, after sunset, then it will flip on that light. It'll stay on for two minutes in, unless there's motion. So... Um, it'll turn itself off after two minutes of leaving the room. And, and that's basically, that's fine. Uh, if I were sitting here at night typing on the keyboard, though, the motion sensor wouldn't go off and it would indeed flick off on me. So you kind of have to figure out, you know, I don't do that often. I don't sit at my huge desk, um, you know, after, after, uh, after sunset and type here. On, so it's fine. But if you were someone that did that, then it would not be fine. So you kind of just have to figure out what it means for you and what your use case is and exactly what you want to do. Because there's definitely such a thing as, as um, you know, it being too automated, right? Like, oh, I want to save energy, so I'm going to turn the light off after, uh, 
you know, 30 seconds. You know, well, that's not going to work because you're going to be in the room and you're going to walk away from the motion sensor. So you just kind of have to figure out how that fits into your life. And it's going to be different for everyone. It's, it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. Microsoft you, should get oh. the Cortana working there, you know, well, and tell, you just tell your, you know, tell your phone, say, you know, turn off the lights after 30 seconds or you, know, you give it some instructions and let it worry about all that crazy stuff, you know? I, know I think... Get to that point. I think, John, there was some Cortana integration with... Uh, yes, okay, I'm looking at it now. So Cortana supports some of the uh, Insteon smart home stuff. So you, in fact, can do that uh, if you have the right uh, platform. So SmartThings isn't going to do it, but uh, Insteon, it looks like uh, you can. Do you, what's, what's the software you're using? Does SmartThings have its own yes. kind of control software? So does it integrate with If This Then That or those yes, kinds of they things? Yes, have, I haven't used it yet, but uh, for more complicated scenarios, you can use uh, If This Then That. So uh, I, I haven't quite gone there yet. Uh, but I'm sure, you know, if I buy some more sensors, I'll get some more complicated scenarios that would require it. Yeah. But yeah. Well, so they have some system integration things that are cool with that, right? Where if this yeah. and that integrates in with other software applications that kick off stuff based on what you're doing. So they have um, apps for Windows Phone, iOS, and Android, all three of them. The Windows Phone is one is relatively a recent uh, development, um, but so... I can use my HTC 8X and my uh, Nexus 5. Uh, they, they both work with that. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And do you, was the what was the driver for you? Was it just like because we want to have the convenience of our lights coming on and off type deal? Or was it, is there some energy savings motivation in this? Well, a little bit because if you do forget something, it will turn the lights out for you. Um, if you, um, and like this light in here, you know, you can't forget to turn the lights off. It's impossible. They'll just turn themselves off after a certain amount of time. Yeah. So okay. th there's some of that, but you know, it was more the, the, um, technology of it all, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I've been at work. We've had, it's been such a disaster with, uh, you know, I, for a long time I sat at my desk and my monitor actually blocked the sensor. So every mm. 15 minutes, boom, lights would go out. And during the summer, you know, I was sat near big, gigantic windows. So in the summer, not a problem. But in the winter, you yeah. know, then I'd have to, you know. Wave your arm around. Wave your arm. <laughs> and, and it was funny. Sometimes there's a trail that goes right, right by my office window. And, and, and I would wave and people would wave back. And, <laughs> like, no, I'm not waving at you. I'm so, well, whatever. It's too... It's uh, it's it's not worth you know. So that that for me has been one of those things that it's like, uh, I don't know if I necessarily if I want them turning the lights on and off. Although it'd be nice for my kids to leave the lights on all the time and and so. But I think there's some interesting when we talk about you know lights are lights, but the furnace is is a money you know in most cases it, right. it, it's just the money hog and so. Have you, in your situation there, thought about the Nest and and any integration with that? Or you, do you already have a programmable thermostat, or what are you using there? So I have long thought about a Nest, and I have long thought about a program, programmable thermostat of some kind. But the thing that is holding me back is, uh, in fact, you can see it in my room here if you're on the video. That is a old-school boiling water radiator back there. And I don't know if you can see it off to the side here yep. is a air conditioning window unit. So not a whole lot you can do with that. Yeah. Uh, the 
I did see, and I was very tempted, uh, Quirky makes a smart window air conditioning unit, but unfortunately it didn't have the amount of BTU that I needed for the space that we had. It was one of the way smaller uh, BTU air conditioners. That's the the amount of cooling um, space that the air conditioner, so like if it's, uh, I forget exactly how it lines up, but if there's a certain amount of BTU, it says it's rated for like uh, 600 feet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, it was too small for the space, so we couldn't get the uh, the nifty, smart, quirky uh, air conditioner. So we have we have an old one, but <laughs> um, there's definitely possibilities there. Just apartment living, I just can't do it. Yeah, yeah. So for now, lights are kind of what you can control. Yeah. Uh, from that standpoint, so yeah. Well, it you know, and and do you think the price point? You know, uh, Ken had said in chat, you know, fifty five bucks or even fifty. Let's just say that's oh, a yeah. lot per unit. What's in your in your mind? You know, besides free, what's the right price point in your in your opinion? Where these things are, they're hitting the sweet spot. Is it ten bucks? Is it twenty? Yeah, I'd say ten or twenty are is both reasonable. You know, it's fifty five now, and I'm an enthusiast, and I'm fine with that. Right? right? It's expensive, early adopter tax, yada yada, that kind of thing. Um, so that's fine for now, but these things will get cheaper. The technology in these things is not hard, you know. Um, I have um, I have built a very simplistic version of this using a Zigbee microcontroller and a relay that could control a 120 volt um, light. You know, the technology, the, the prototype I had costs about $35, and of course it was big, gigantic with wires hanging out, and nobody would actually want to use it, and you might electrocute yourself, but... Uh, beyond those, it was a $35 device that could tap into a Zigbee network and could be controlled remotely from, uh, like, Arduino or something like that. So, you know, the the technology's here. It's cheap. Uh, these units are 55 on the consumer market. The prototype that would probably kill you that I had is was $35 in parts. I mean, the the it's here now. It's happening and it's still a little bit too expensive, but it's really it's coming down, and we're yeah. we're gonna it's gonna be any time now. Yeah, I think it's gonna get with competition as folks moving in. I think those are those prices are gonna tap. Chris, hold on yeah. one sec. John, I know we're coming up on your departure hour because you got to go. Thanks for coming out and, and joining us. Are you doing any home automation? All you thinking about that, John, in your in your home there? No, no. See, I'm in an apartment here, but they they do have something that the government uh, gives you, like from October till April, uh, like uh, the um, the thermostat. You know, we have baseboard, electric baseboards, right? So they'll replace the thermostats. Like if you if yeah, if you make under a certain salary. They'll, 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 they, they come. You just sign up, and they'll come in. And if you have six uh, thermostats, like one in, you know, electric, one in, one in each room, like they'll change them all to digital. So I signed up for that. So I, I you know, uh, hopefully the guy will come in. Uh, you know, you get on a list, and you know, using digital stuff. And the, the other thing is, I, I mean, I've replaced my all my light bulbs with you know the energy efficient you know, uh, uh, fluorescent ones. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes I, I kind of think like you know, some people it's a bit like. How is it there? Like the the price compared to a regular bulb is like you can leave the light bulb on all day, you know, and you'll, you're still saving money. So sometimes it's a bit like leave all the lights on. <laughs> That's a way of thinking you know, about I, it. It's if a way. I leave them all on, it's going to cost me less money than it did last year. 
and they're all on. Yeah. So it's leave one, them on. One way of you thinking know, about it. Not when you it, go yeah. to bed, leave them on. But, you right. know, it's like if you're going to leave the room and then turn it off and then come back and turn it on. And sometimes, you know, just flipping the power might blow the light bulb, you know. So it's just like sometimes it's like if it's got so little, you know, that's the other side of the equation. You know, it's like just leave them all on. It's saving yeah. me so much money. Or, you know, like I'm already saving my money. So, um but that's it. But like I was saying, my my buddy who, who's walking around the house with the thermostat there, he uh, like he has like a dual energy oil, um, oil and then electric. And I think he says uh, because of the plan he has, it costs him like four cents. I think four cents a kilowatt hour. Like really cheap on the electricity. Yeah, he says when, really when the cheap. oil goes on, it's uh, twenty cents a kilowatt. You know. So he says, so in the wintertime, if that that oil guy goes on, it's like it's costing, you know? He said, but in the summertime, he's got the air conditioning going and everything, and it's just like, ah, and it's only costing him four cents. Right. <laughs> so right. sometimes, a- you know, uh, if you if you meet some kind of like energy requirements there or whatever, like you, know, you have an efficient system, it's like, you know, use it instead of trying to, you know, Turn, turn stuff off or whatever. I don't know. Because, you know, you want to have that st- st- stability, stabilization, you know, the right temperature in the house and the right humidity and all that stuff. And, you know, some of these systems, uh, you know, it's like yeah, modernized. But anyway, I'm yeah. in an apartment. So that's, I mean, it's just the light bulbs. And like I said, maybe the thermostats. Yeah. Well, John, thanks for jumping on. I know you got to run and, uh, and go pick up your son. Thanks for jumping in. Take care. All right. Yeah, good to Great talk to problem, you, John. Jim. Good to see you, John. See you, Take care. See ya. Bye, guys. Um, and of course, uh, as John's jumping out, you know, I think fluorescent uh, will be replaced by LED, and, and yeah, you know, that's the He's... next technology that's coming. That's just it costs nothing to run those lights. Yeah. So, um, it it when he said CFL, it it reminded me to say that uh, all all of the lamps that I'm controlling are in fact LEDs, mm. and the, the LED light bulbs have always um, kind of boggled my mind because. You think about the power situation in a house or in an apartment in my case. So at every single light fixture, there is a small AC to DC converter. And at every computer, there's an AC to DC converter. At everything that's not a kitchen appliance, a heater, or any or like a stove, anything that's not one of those things is has its own lossy AC to DC converter. So I almost think that I know there's an appliance out there that is a whole home AC to DC converter, and you have DC outlets that you can use. You can plug, um, you know, these things like I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars currently. But I wonder if the only reason those LED gets bulbs get hot is because they're having to convert AC to DC. So I wonder if uh, we can even get some more efficiency out of those things going forward if we can uh, take DC through the wall somehow. But the infrastructures are all there already, so that's going to take, um, you know, an extra well, 300 years or whatever. price <laughs> of power, right? And those things never change until there's a cost-effective right. or a cost reason to get it done, right? Nobody will ever change because it's a great idea. Right, that's always like when it makes financial sense, then we'll make the change. Uh, for the but we'll make those changes. You know, we'll do the crazy things like buy those expensive converters because we know we know they're the right thing to do, right, and that kind of stuff. But the average guy is going to wait until it makes some financial sense, and then they're going to switch those things over. But you're right; it's crazy how we convert everything, and uh, and you're like, why don't we just make it that way to begin with? You know, and there's reasons, obviously, right, from that standpoint. 
Well, interesting. Uh, anything that you're looking forward to from a home automation standpoint that uh, that's not out there at this point or that you're kind of looking forward to and you think my next kind of my next thing is going to be this. We talked about the heat, uh, you know, the, the, the thermostat. Anything else that you're looking at from home automation? Yeah, all, all this stuff is still pretty fresh for me. So I'm still kind of tweaking the recipes and I'm sure there is a lot more I could do. I, I remember being impressed that um, one of the other podcasters at the DMZ who runs the Home On show, Richard, um, he has track lighting that leads you to the bathroom late at night. That's and awesome. <laughs> it's just it's genius, right? Instant genius right there. And so that would be kind of cool if I've got a wish list. Um, I need to get some more uh, motion sensors and I need to get some uh, light sensors in here so that I can trigger the lights on and off via darkness instead of time of day. That would be kind of nice. So now it does it via sunset. You can be even smarter. So you say, um, if it happens to be a dark winter day, turn the lights on because I know it's dark. Mm -hmm. um, and I've still got, there are some lights. There's a, um, I'm not sure what kind of light bulb it is, but they're the really long ones that are in the ceiling, right? Mm -hmm. You need to plug into the, to the switch outlet to control that. And they make, I was talking earlier about these, uh, um, you know, it's basically, it's a switch that just right. replaces your switch, but right. it has a little Zigbee radio in it, and you can um, control that remotely. So I think if I can somehow get permission or figure out how to turn the power off to that outlet myself, <laughs> then one or the other, I don't know yeah. which. Just ground yourself and then just change it live. It's more <laughs> exciting that way. <laughs> um, I, I, th I think that's the next place to go. Yeah, okay. So you've still got a few more to go. Uh, with that and getting those things that are that are wired that you can't that don't have plug right. access. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know I haven't done any of it, and and um, y you think I would, uh, but I just haven't. That's just one of those areas I haven't, I haven't gone. You know, I haven't uh, haven't had a reason. It's one of those things. It's one of those financial kind of things. It's like eh, it's not hurting yeah, me it, bad enough at this point. It is still but, expensive too, right? Yeah, it is. So I just, that's an area I haven't chose to go into. I've gone into the wearable space. I still continue to do a lot of server stuff. I'm, I'm going to quiz you on that here in just a second. But, um, <laughs> you know, so I've, that's where I'm kind of, that's where I've kind of chosen to spend my money. I, I think in the house I'm in right now, I still have some things, mechanical things that I could do long before I do technology things for efficiencies that would help button up, tighten up, uh, that I'd get more return when I go to sell the house. We sure. are moving in the next couple of years, and so it will, uh, for me, those are just kind of, the, it, it does come down to a financial decision. My tech dollars are fairly limited. I choose to put those into fitness gear and some other stuff. It, you know, it just kind of depends what you like. But I'm fascinated. I've been using Zapier and If This Then That for my blog automation stuff, and sure. I see some of those integrations there that are coming in with some of the devices, and you're like, oh, okay, there's some really cool applications to that and uh, and even at home I every night you know it's been super cold and I have an electric blanket on the bed our our bedroom is right over the garage it's not insulated well by the way an area where I could probably put some money into it that would make sense <laughs> insulation right? goes a long way insulation over yes. the roof there's some there but it's the old stuff and it's just not great so that floor gets really cold so our room is kind of chilly and so we bought an electric blanket and there's just nothing better than 
cold room, getting in the sheets and the, it's <laughs> warm, blanket, warm yeah. right? It's warm. And, but that darn thing takes me, I have to think to turn it on, <laughs> you know, and I'd love to be able to be down here and with my phone, just go boop, turn that bad boy on, uh, and, uh, have it warming up for me while I'm, while I'm sitting down here. So maybe that's yeah, or put a vibration sensor. It's upstairs, right? Right. Okay. Put a vibration sensor on the first step. Mm. And when it's past like 10 PM, there you go. And a footstep happens, then you can make that happen. Or, uh, yeah. or you could use some kind of presence sensor or something. But I'm sure there's a way you could get that um, warm before you even go up there. Well, what might be. And without having to do anything. It's just on my computer. Because I'm always down here, right? Yeah. Boom. Hey, you, you want to start the, the warm-up sequence? <laughs> and you just say yes. And then you know, maybe at 10 o'clock, and, you know, and it just reminds you until you get up there. So Yeah, that's, that's something in the Insteon world, I believe it is, which I have no experience with. So if I'm wrong, uh, chat room, let me know. Uh, but they have this notion of scenes, and SmartThings has something similar. So uh, there's basically there's a home and an away state by default, and you can add your own different states. So you can say, it's movie time now, and you can have your system dim the lights and turn on the popcorn maker. And yeah, I don't know. That's ridiculous. But <laughs> um, you can. You would need an auto load of the popcorn into the microwave yes. and turn it on. Yes. <laughs> Same thing with uh, coffee makers, by the way. They, right. It's like, well, unless you have something that grinds the beans and then drops it, and you know, you need a whole Rube Goldberg thing going on. Yes. But um, so they have this notion of scenes. So you can say, um, this is my. Um, um, I f and I'm forgetting what they call it in smart things, but. Um, this is my home mode. This is what happens when you're when everybody's gone. Uh, this is what happens when we're watching movies. You know, it can. Um, um, they also introduced, uh, and I'm really mad about this, but they introduced integration with the Harmony uh, mm. infrared blaster uh, hub. Yeah. So it can it can turn on. So I use Harmony to turn on my Windows Media Center box and my surround system and receiver and TV and all of those, and it orchestrates the inputs such that it makes sense. Right. Um, so you could say, go into movie mode, it will automatically um, talk to your harmony, and it will do all of that stuff for you and dim the lights, and um, th that would be a pretty nice little scene to have. So you can make these kind of customized uh, scenes where you're doing... So now it's podcasting time. Turn on the key light, right? That kind of thing. Um, yeah. So... Now, here's why I'm uh, kind of mad about it. The I have the, what they call it, the smart remote harmony, and it you have to have the ultimate of course. harmony. Of, of course. course. But here's the kicker is they use the same hub. So uh, there's this thing, all it does is shoot infrared signal, right? And it talks to the each remote, and you say, do a thing, and it makes all the infrared happen to make the things happen. So if I just buy, I'm pretty sure... If I just go to Best Buy and buy an Ultimate, come home, program it into my hub, set up smart things, and then return it, that it would actually work. You should try. Yeah. I encourage you to try for sure. <laughs> what What is the old? How much? What What do these Harmony remotes cost? The, the so they are too expensive. I can tell yeah, you, but they are. There's nothing better that I've ever used. It's really really nice. Uh, I'm thinking it's hundred and fifty dollars okay. for the smart control, which is the one that I have, and 
that is a very basic remote and it doesn't have like the ultimate has like some crazy touchscreen business and I, I just you know all we get is over the air TV we don't even have cable so I just didn't need all of that kind of functionality so uh, basically you have the the um, track buttons like play and stop and uh, then you have some some numbers and a few custom buttons and that's pretty much it it's a very small remote it's maybe the the length of your hand or something like that and that's it whereas the the ultimate is this ginormous thing with a touch screen and it's just too much for what we needed so I looked it up it's a hundred and thirty dollars um, from uh, logitech.com it looks like and that comes okay. with the infrared hub and the the smart remote that talks to the hub via RF so that's kind of cool you can put your hand behind the pillow and hit pause and it'll still work because it just goes it doesn't need IR to talk to the hub mm -hmm. the hub is what sends out the uh, the infrared to control the devices so uh, th that's pretty neat. Or if I'm, I could control it from here and it'll go through the walls or whatever. But it never fails, basically, is yeah, kind of the point. except when you really need it, and then it doesn't right. work. And then it <laughs> definitely will not work. Um, <laughs> when, you're, uh, the, when the TV comes on too loud and you're trying to turn <laughs> it down and it's it doesn't work. Yeah, that always seems like that's the way it goes. Hey, are you? Let me ask you this from a media center standpoint. We 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 haven't talked about media center in a lot of in a lot of episodes. Here we've got some other shows that cover that as well. But from your standpoint, you know, I I actually um, I had a Windows Seven box that I was kind of using as my media center here back here in the studio area. It's where I watch TV, you know, and I'm producing podcasts. I'll have the football games playing or whatever. That's what it runs. I moved up to Windows Eight, and I'm like, oh, the other day, it, I actually I was some, <laughs> I, I was um, I installed the connector for the new Windows uh, Windows Server 2012, and I blew it up. It just I couldn't get logged back in. It was a mess. I'm like, I'll just upgrade it to Windows 8. Forgetting, I shouldn't, but I forgot. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Media Center, not so much. And I went to go get the Pro Pack, and of course the the Pro version of Windows 8 is not available to us MSDN subscribers, and so I I, I had to pay 99 <laughs> bucks to do that. I'm like, ah, I don't think so. So I went back to Windows 7 with it. But what do you? What are your thoughts on Media Center? You going to kind of hold on as long as you possibly yeah, I'm, can? I'm still holding on, man, because okay. um, I've looked at you know I'm keeping my eyes open. I, I'm because clearly Media Sem Media Center's days are numbered, and that's really unfortunate because I yeah. think it was I think it was an incredible product, and I think they could have made success out of it. They've just chosen not to, and they've at least kept it alive um, through the uh, support cycle. You know, Windows Seven is supported for a long time to come, and um, Hopefully, uh, Media Center will stick around, and it works really well right now. You know, it's a little fidgety when you first start with it, but um, I'm I'm still really um, liking what it gives me. So, um, I've looked at there's a couple uh, <clears throat> there's a couple new DVR platforms out there that I've taken note of, and that is uh, Simple TV and Tableau, mm -hmm. and I'm looking at both of those, thinking, well. You know when is that going to be good? Because um, right now, those neither of those devices, as far as I've seen, can do surround sound, which is crucial, given that we have a um, it's an Energy Take Classic uh, system with some cheap receiver and getting surround sound out of um, television, particularly when you're watching something like. You know, you get free HD football in surround sound over the air for free over DTV. So. Uh, having surround sound is kind of crucial, and that makes me a weirdo. I get it because I went through the um, 
the process of threading the you know co- the wires underneath the carpet and <laughs> we've got stands behind the couch did you buy the thin wires so that they would lay flat as they went underneath the carpet you know you can buy the extra flat ones yeah they 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 are flat oh okay so m- maybe by accident yeah <laughs> no and then but <laughs> okay. it it gets spoiled because uh, there's also a land cable under there that spoils it yeah yeah no in that land cable you can buy flat you know you can, yes, you can buy yeah the, yeah, yeah. No, but I definitely have the the round one. But so n- none of those platforms do that yet, and I'm also I'm also waiting for any one of these platforms to do Blu-ray, which would ju- just be nice. I mean, why not? I mean, I, I just I want a device that can serve as the more or less the single input, and Blu-ray and surround sound and all of these kind of features are a part of that story, and I just don't see them doing it yet. So it, it's getting there, but um, they're they're definitely not there yet. Yeah, we have a ways to go. We have a ways to go. I, you know, when it when it went down, I was like, okay, you know, I have a bunch of HD home runs here, and I was like, sure. well, yeah. okay, I haven't looked at alternatives for a while, so let me go, let me see what's available. So, in the HD home run software, you know, they give you some suggestions: Easy HD TV DVR. There's one called For the Record. There's another one called J J River Media Center. Mm, heard of that one? Yeah, another one called Media Portal, which actually was the winner of all these, but still didn't work <laughs> for me. And then Next PVR. Those are all some suggestions. So I sat down on Sunday afternoon and I tried running all of them. Right. So I went out to their website. I'm like, oh, interesting. Some of them were free trials. Some of them were free, like Media Portal. Um, I think of all those that I tried, Media Portal has the best chance of success as an open source, runs on Windows. It's got a good-looking interface. I just couldn't figure out how to use it. I mean, I'm a pretty savvy guy, (laughs) and I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It also, even though it's on the HD Home Run software, it doesn't work, apparently, easily with the HD Mm, Home Run because I could not. Media Center just picks those up and programs them and scans them and finds the channels and... I mean, in in 15 minutes, you are up and running with TV, right? I mean, that's just the media center experience just just works. None of these would work for me, and I and I spent about six hours uh, going through it, and and it was really one of those things. I was really ready to switch. I'm like, okay, if I can make one of these even get close, I'll just switch to it. And none of them could. I mean, all those different options, not. Now, I guess, and I didn't try XBMC, and that's I know that's one that a lot of folks that, go that to. That has it now with, as of uh, Frodo, um, and it's not XBMC anymore, mind you. Yeah. It's called Kodi now with a K-O-D-I. Right. So as of um, their version, I think it was Frodo, um, they've added the ability to do uh, live TV. Uh, I don't think there was DVR in there quite yet, and I'm unsure of what the surround sound situation was, but they could technically do it. Right. Just not really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you plug in Media Center, and I know it's a computer connected to the TV, and that sometimes sucks too, but uh, for the most part, it just, it works, right? I mean, it works. It's sitting there, and you don't touch it, and um, you use it like an opaque box, and then every once in a while, when you need to do something like... um, um, I know there's some, like, I don't know, it's on, like, Lifetime TV or so, or something like that. And uh, you can just open a web browser and <laughs> use a keyboard and, you know, watch it on their website. So, you know, if you get desperate, you can do that kind of thing. I, that's a nice uh, that's a nice backup option to right. have. Although if that were the regular experience all the time, that would be kind of horrible. But 
uh, Media Center works really, really well for, for what it does. And um, I, I really want one of these products to kind of take that next step. I know. I keep hoping. I gave it a shot. I gave it a whole afternoon. I mean, it was six hours <laughs> of trying different things and installing different pieces of software. And at the end of the day, it was reload the put Windows 7 back on the flash drive and put Windows 7 back on that PC. That's what I ended up doing. I had Media Center back up and running, recording my shows in 25 minutes. You know, it was one of those kind of, well, that's not technically true because it takes about three hours, maybe more to update Windows 7 these days. So oh, yeah. if you yeah. take the most recent copy of Windows 7 from Microsoft, install it on a PC, it's all afternoon before that thing's ready to... It's got all the updates, so it's it's pretty ugly from that standpoint. So, well, uh, quick lightning round uh, with you: uh, Chromecast or or Fire Stick? Have you, you tried? I know you've tried Chromecast. Have you looked at the Fire Stick? And aren't they the same thing? Uh, yeah. Well, they've got some. Uh, uh, the Fire Stick has some. Uh, what's the Miracast capabilities, which yes, apparently doesn't true. work very well. Uh, oh. Now I haven't used it, so I don't yeah, know about that neither. personally. I ordered I've, one. Somebody wanted it for Christmas, and so I just gave it to him. I was like, you can have one. <laughs> so I still don't have one, but, but uh, I but paid 20 They gave me 40 for it, so it was a pretty good deal. I have not seen uh, good reviews about their Miracast support, at least. And I, I don't know. So it's the same thing with the Fire Phone. Everybody says, oh, well, you know, Amazon people would love this. And, you know, I'm an Amazon, like, I'm a Prime member. I'm an Amazon person, but I just don't understand why I would go with that versus um, Roku or something like that. Because it's just a op more open platform. They're not going to shove Amazon stuff in my face all day. I, I kind of like that. So I, I find myself struggling um, to recommend um, any, of the, any of the Fire products. What about the Echo? Did you look at that? Is that something you're interested in? Now, the Echo was cool. I, I, I'm not sure if people will actually buy into it. Now, I... I I kind of see, I, I tried to see what their vision was, right? What is the vision of, what, what's the purpose of this product? And I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's the computer on Star Trek. That's what they're trying to be. So there's just this ambient thing in the wall, right? And this takes, it's a tube that happens to be a speaker, and you can ask it things. Uh, I totally get that vision, but I'm not sure, given the, the prevalence of um, talking robots in our smartphones. I'm not sure most people will pick up on that, but I can kind of see where it's going, but I, I can't imagine it would be terribly popular. Yeah. Well, I, I signed up. They, I wasn't one of the ones chosen, <laughs> you know, in the first round. So they, they, they must have chose other people. And uh, we'll see what goes. Sarah was all, my, my wife, she was all for it. This was yeah. one of those things where we had this conversation in our Facebook group. I think it was uh, maybe Tim Black had said, hey, does anybody see the, you know, what's going on with this, right? What is the, <laughs> what's the, the real world application for this? And Sarah was like, I would absolutely, I'd dig to have something like that. One of the cool things I think would be the, the auto listing, you know, hey, make a list or add this to the, I'm running out, I make the kids lunches in the morning, and I'd love to just have a lunch list. And when I run out of stuff, or I see us running out of stuff, I'm going to say, hey, add this to the lunch list. And that would be kind of a running, I wouldn't have to go write something down or remember, or, you know, even though we've got a little post-it thing on the fridge, and I could just write it there, it would be really sweet to just say, hey, Echo, go to the lunch list, write down drinks. 
you know, for the kids, right? Whatever. Yeah, I want Earl Grey tea, hot. <laughs> exactly. That would be pretty cool. And it'd be even better if then once a day, if it came <laughs> back to me and said, do you, do you, I've got your list. Do you want me just to have it delivered to you? And uh, and I think that's where it's headed, right, from yeah. from that standpoint. So so from a, are, are you an avid Chromecast user? Do you, do you So, do you yes, um, I've recently started using, and for a very specific reason that we've talked about before in the podcast, uh, the Chromecast for all of my Netflix consumption instead of Media Center. So what I do is I have a um, a scene set on the Harmony that flips all the inputs to the right place and sets the Chromecast, which is plugged into the back of the receiver in this case, mind you. And the, the crucial thing that I'm looking for, I would just use, I would love to just use the Windows Media Center Netflix plug. In fact, I have for years. But the thing that drove me to the Chromecast is that, oddly enough, this little stupid stick supports 5.1 surround sound audio on Netflix streaming. Mm. And the Silverlight version, I think it is, in I think you're right. in Windows Media Center does not. And I, they're not going to update it, uh, I'd imagine, to no. support 5.1. So yeah. it's kind of annoying. You know, you open your phone, you got to, like, put the remote down and fiddle around. and But... You know, ultimately, you're sitting down to watch, um, you know, Doctor Who or whatever, and it, you get surround sound, and I, I'm just happy with that. So I'll put up with the fiddliness. I'd, I'd love to um, do it all through the remote because I think that's a better experience. But um, having the Chromecast do the do the um, surround sound is is crucial for me. So that's what I've been using that uh, primarily for. And occasionally, you know, having people over, you can play videos of cats or something on the, you know. On the Chromecast. Yeah, we did that. Actually, we did it at a Christmas party. Uh, sure. We, we, yeah. we did karaoke YouTube, which was oh, like, nice. you know, in a few drinks. You know, I'm not going to lie. And then um, it, uh, people, various people were queuing up YouTube videos. Oh, you got to hear this. And, you know, uh, I had some Will Smith and we did some Madonna and some Eric Clapton. I mean, just this whole eclectic you know, music mix showed up. And, and Gangnam was, Style? It was uh, That didn't get played, but that no. would have been a good one. Darn it. <laughs> oh, I wish I would have remembered that one. Um, but it was interesting. And so the other day, here's the test at our house, right? So the other day, Sarah, we were sitting on the couch, and she said, hey, have you seen such and such a video on, I think it was a Fallon. It was one of the Jimmy Fallon videos, which, by the way, I watch more Jimmy Fallon on YouTube than I watch him on TV. <laughs> yeah, me too. At me this too. point, it's great. You can go right to the, you know, right to the funny stuff. And she said, oh, you got to see it. And she picked up her, you know, she has a Galaxy S4. She picked it up, started the YouTube video, started Chromecast, boom, it was on. I mean, I, 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 was, I didn't see the video the first time because I was so stunned that it actually worked. Like, what? <laughs> like, uh, uh, hold on. This doesn't work this way for you. You know, usually I have to fix it to, to make it work for you. And so that was one of those points where I went, man, the Chromecast was in this case, fairly bulletproof, yeah. and she could just bring it up on her phone, push it to the Chromecast, and then boom, it was on. And uh, I was pretty impressed from that uh, from that standpoint. So it's it's that's it really shines in that particular area. It'd be great if it had Miracast on it. Now they won't do it. Yep. But it'd be great if it did. That'd be awesome. That'd and be the, no the Fire Stick does. Yeah. Yeah, and there's some offering coming from Microsoft too, uh, or maybe it's already. Oh out. yes, they had a little dongle that did that as well. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, uh, it, I think I remember it being uh, rather expensive. Was it, one of its problems. It is. We talked about it. So Brian uh, Freelander, 
yeah, I was on my po- podcast a couple weeks back. That was like Christmas, and I'm having trouble remembering December at this point. But he's got a little device. They're like 99 bucks. So, yeah, it's not uh, – I don't think they're as cheap as um, – as uh, is some of those, you know, I bought my Fire Stick for twenty bucks. I bought my Chromecast. This, my most recent. This isn't the one that we keep. I have two of them, but um, and why it's sitting on my desk, I don't know. But um, this, I bought a refurb for twenty bucks, right? So yeah. it works great. I got my new on Amazon for twenty eight. Yeah. So it launched at thirty five. It's down a little right. bit now. No, nah, it's a it's a pretty cool little device to have and uh and so uh good good to kind of catch up with that chris we're out of time from that standpoint thank you for taking your time we definitely we had a whole bunch of stuff in the show notes about home server stuff and i would love to have you come back on let me talk to dave and we'll have you come on on home server show you know we're kind of doing that every other week at this point but it'd be good Mm -hmm. to have you would would you come on if we asked you sure yeah Yeah. if if you want to if you want to talk about some uh, Linux servers, if that's okay, I know absolutely. I'm in. Yeah, yeah, no, right on. I think you know you've you've made some moves with your servers, and that would be a great uh, a great one to discuss over there. And as well, I kind of I kind of um, uh, I kind of teased early in the show that we I take uh, I I would play the call from Neil. Neil, I'll apologize. I didn't mean to lead you on. We'll play that next show. Uh, it just didn't fit in what we were talking about. Uh, Neil had some questions about you know MSDN and licensing and was the average guy do because it's so expensive to do this you know you can't it, you technet used to be available and it's not anymore and and uh, he actually mentions DreamSpark. so we're gonna we're gonna i'll play that on the next show or we'll play that neil coming up here uh you've been an, a very faithful listener sorry we didn't get that to that tonight uh, but we'll play um that again chris you're found over at the at uh, digital media zone uh, the end user is the name of your podcast what's the easiest way for people to connect to that if they wanted to go out and listen so if you want the absolute easiest way, you go to theenduser.com. That's T-H-E-N-D-U-S-R dot com. Now, all that does is redirect to the digitalmediazone.com slash whatever slash the end user. So uh, you also want to go over to the digitalmediazone.com. Uh, the DMZ has been a little more active during CES times. We've been writing uh, a few blog posts that we normally uh, don't write of, over the year, and I've written two myself for this uh, so far in this CES season. So uh, we've got a great uh, longer edition of the end user this week for talking about everything at CES. And uh, you should go check that out. And we've, like I said, we've got a little better coverage of CES on the blog as well. So you'll probably want to check that out over at the, the digitalmediazone.com. Good, and this would be a good week if you haven't ever done that before and you're a listener to my show. This would be a good week because of all the extra stuff they got yeah, going on exactly. over there to pop over there. When are you guys live if uh, folks wanted to join? Because I know you do you do live. When are you yes. live? So we do it live. We do it a, a little less of a live show and more of like a peek at us recording. Um, so, for example, I'll say, oh, no, stop. I'll edit that out uh, and we'll <laughs> go on, yeah. which yeah. is uh, – not how not how you guys do it. Now we're one take wonders. We don't care. Yeah, we just like <laughs> we just crank it out and hope for the best. And call it live to drive is what they call it. So anyway, I I uh, you know take it and edit it and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, we are live. It's like a sneak peek into the uh, cutting room floor of the show, and we are live on Wednesdays typically at 9 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, we took a little bit of time off during the uh, winter break, but we're back in it and it's CES season. So we're definitely having a good time over there. 
Yeah, and follow Chris on Twitter and in, on Google Plus if you want to get notifications that they're going live. I get those all the time. I see that you guys are are doing that. So it's uh, if you want to know when they're doing that and just get a reminder, that's probably the best way. Um, and I think you're, I think Google Plus is where I always see it. Uh, when just before you guys are going live, I think you say I think that's yeah. I, you know. I always post it there. I post it on. We've got the end user on Facebook. We've got at the end user on Twitter, and I'm at Chris Hill Barnes. So any one of those places, you'll see it. Yeah, very good. And, of course, all that stuff will be in the show notes. So if you want to go over to theaverageguy.tv, this case, this will be HGG198, and uh, you can get all the show notes for everything that we talked about. And, uh, Chris, hang around for a second. Let me close things up, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit of uh, a post-show. I want to remind you, uh, if you haven't signed up for the newsletter yet, you might want to do that. Lots of good stuff in that newsletter. If you're not, if you haven't got the newsletter yet, so if you're, say you're not signed up, but you want to get the, this this one I wrote in early January is actually pretty good. There's some good information in there. Typically, it's me just rambling. But this one you might actually want to read. Head over to theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter, and there's a way to, if you like it, subscribe to it. Every month I'll send you a little note, things that are going on here in the networks, just some ideas, things you might have missed. Not all of you follow social media, and that's okay. It's okay not to be on Facebook. It's okay not to be on Twitter, uh, those kinds of things. If you don't do that, the newsletter oftentimes has kind of the behind-the-scenes stuff that's going on. So head over to theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter. There's a place to sign up for it. And a complete copy of the newsletter um, is there. And we talk about some things you should be thinking about in the new year with some backup and some of those kinds of things. So you want to head over there and take a peek at that newsletter. A reminder and a thank you for using our Amazon affiliate link. You guys rocked it in December. And, uh, and so... <laughs> It was, which you should have, right? Everybody should have used the link, and I appreciate you using that. Theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon. Don't forget, Canadians, we have a special one for you, theaverageguy.tv slash Amazon CA, all one word, Amazon CA. Those funds uh, actually go directly to John Zadler, any, 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 uh, any profit there we do. Zadler will use that to purchase stuff, and then he'll just hack on it. You know Zadler. He likes to cut stuff up and make stuff. Uh, try stuff out, and so he'll he'll be using those funds. So if you're in Canada, you can't buy, you can't use the U.S. one. So use the Canadian, right? U.S. residents don't use the Canadian one. Use the U.S. one. Okay, I don't know how many times <laughs> I have to say that. The Amazon, uh, just use Amazon or Amazon CA based on where you're at. And I don't have one for any other country, so I apologize. There are a few other ones. We just haven't done that yet. We are, I am on Saturday mornings with Ask the Podcast Coach with Dave Jackson. And so if you want to head out uh, Saturday mornings, if you're not doing anything and you're thinking about podcasting or you got some questions, we take live call-in questions from podcasters, 9.30 a.m. Central, 10 Eastern, 10.30 Eastern, out at the Ask the Podcast Coach. Dot com. If you haven't started listening to, to Cyber Frontiers, this would be a great time to do it. Some really good, the last three have some really practical Twitter applications about, uh, you know, about using big data and Twitter. You can build your own kind of, uh, Christian's got some instructions on doing some stuff to mine Twitter that's out there. And so there's some amazing stuff. Don't forget about Cyber Frontiers. It'd be a good time to subscribe to it. And of course, uh, on Home Tech Tips 13, Lucky number 13. We kind of launched the new host uh, options that Maple Grove Partners, that's Christian's company, Maple Grove, that he's doing. By the way, he's just 20 years old, which is crazy <laughs> to think that this kid is doing these things at 20 years old. That's great. But yeah, it is amazing. This 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 kid's doing some amazing stuff and uh, kicking it at the University of Maryland as well. But Maple Grove Par- Partners, so if, you, if you're thinking about creating a WordPress website, you want to do your own blog, 
Christian's got some options for you. It's cheap as 10 bucks a month to kind of host and super secure your data and all that kind of, and you'd be supporting a great cause for what Christian's doing in school there as well. So you can pay Bluehost or GoDaddy. You can pay them if you want, but 10 bucks a month, that goes right uh, that goes right to Christian, and he hosts that for you. Super secure servers. We cover it in Home Tech Tips 13. Head out to theaverageguy.tv and look for Home Tech Tips, and uh, we do a little bit, uh, about a 12-minute segment on everything that host those host options are, in fact, how to take advantage of it. So if you want to do that, that would be great. Chris, thanks again for taking a few minutes. Stay around for the post show, if you would, and I appreciate it. Great to have you on, and we'll work on get you on the home server show as well, so I appreciate it. Yeah, sounds good to me. Thanks for having me. You bet. We're out here every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Every Thursday, I don't have another planned day off until 2017. So <laughs> you'll want to you'll want to come out here and, and join us live. Thanks for everybody that is in the chat. Great chat room tonight. Andrew Morris, great to see you in chat, by the way. Great to have you back out. And everybody else who, uh, who came out to be part of the chat room, I want to say thanks. And with that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.